What do plants need to grow? Soil, sunlight, and water. The real question, what do you need to grow? Hi, Ed. This is Tech. Real talk, real teachers, real tech leaders, and concrete next steps for upskilling your career. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Hi, Ed. This is Tech. I'm your host, Anna, joined as always with my wonderful co-host, Rob. Rob? Hey, everyone. Thanks again for joining. And today, we're really excited to bring you another conversation with a current ed tech leader and a transitioning teacher all about marketing. And so let me intro our ed tech leader. It's Lauren Pingle, who started off as a teacher first for Teach for America and then transitioned into other public schools, went to a charter school, became the assistant principal there. And then about five years ago, I wanna say, transitioned into EverFi as the senior schools manager. And now she's the senior director of K-12 marketing there. And so I'm really excited to learn about that journey from principal to then marketer, especially at a level that's above the entry-level positions. That, and I think that that's great. And so I really can't wait to dive into that. But first, let's also intro our transitioning teacher. And I'll be introducing Allison O'Harris. Uh, looks like here, Allison, you have experience as an educator, also working currently with an academy as their social media and activities director. And so pretty unique background too, with with doing some marketing work, I'm I'm sure on that end. So pretty excited to have you both here. Um, Allison, if you wanna jump in quick and and just say hi. Hi everyone. (laughs) And Lauren, maybe we can now pivot over to you. As Anna mentioned, uh, pretty extensive background in education as well as marketing. I'm pretty excited to learn more about your journey as well. We could turn it over to you. And if you wanna introduce yourself on a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Lauren Pingle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm definitely interested in this concept of teachers transitioning into other fields because I did that exact thing. Um, And I have a lot of teachers on my team or former teachers on my team um, in K-12 marketing as well. So yeah, I actually, um, like Anna said, I started out at a charter school in New Orleans. I taught high school for several years. And, you know, I'm a very type A person. So I was thinking like, what's the next step in my career? You know, I didn't necessarily want to be in the um, classroom forever. I was there for four years. I loved it, but wanted to have more flexibility. Didn't want to necessarily be tied to a classroom um, all day. Wanted the, you know, the freedom to be able to use the bathroom when I needed to. (laughs) Um, That kind of, you know, simple things that I know teachers um, all struggle with. And so I, as that type A person was like, okay, next step in the teaching ladder is to become an assistant principal, right? So I did that. Um, I moved to a separate, a different charter school, different charter network within New Orleans as well. I was an AP at um, a middle school for a couple of years, a year and a half, basically. It ended up being um, an interesting experience because I loved um, working with the students in that sort of like um, higher capacity where I got to see more kids all day long and I got to pop in and help out and, you know, jump in when students needed um, academic or behavioral support, needed a break, could build that relationship. That was great. Building relationships with my teachers that I managed because I was also, I was coaching all of the math and science teachers at the middle school. That was amazing. That was my first time managing people. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I really love advocating for people that are on my team. 
um, gives me just a lot of energy. So that was great. But overall, the environment of this particular charter network or kind of at the time, a lot of charter networks that I was familiar with was just not conducive to like a sustainable lifestyle, honestly. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll own it. I burnt out <laughs> pretty, pretty quickly there. And I started looking around for um, companies that I could work for that would keep me in the field of education and still feeling like my job meant something, but also just something that I could have a better work-life balance and, um, you know, be a little bit more of an individual contributor and um, owning my little projects and things that I had to do, but not necessarily having every single person um, relying on me all day long, you know, 150 kids looking to me to see what was next on the objective list. Um, so I started at Everfy, which I actually used Everfy in my classroom when I was teaching. Um, it's an ed tech company that provides, um, you know, K through 12 schools with online courses around critical skills. So things that they might not get in a math or science or English class, but they have to have to be successful long-term, um, like life skills kind of things. And so, um, and they're free for educators. So I used it in my classroom, ended up finding it again in my job search, became an implementation specialist or it was called schools manager at the time, but basically worked in um, my small territory and did outreach to teachers, let them know about this free product, um, did a lot of first day starts, you know, going into classrooms and getting kids started on the, pro on the program, which, you know, I, it was really fun. I, I liken it to, um, you know, holding your niece or nephew when they're a baby like they're really cute and it's really fun you get to interact with the kids and then as soon as that class starts crying you hand them back to their parent and you get to leave um, so it was a great experience and loved it but I learned a lot of like mini marketing skills um, in that role because I had to get people to listen to me and even though I was selling something free I was still selling something so from there right at the beginning of lockdown in March 2020 I transitioned into product or yeah product marketing um, on our K-12 marketing team. And then in September of this, of last year, moved over to be the senior director of K-12 marketing. So I head up the entire K-12 marketing team at this point. We're a team of 18 and um, we get to market directly to teachers and um, district administrators as well, principals, things like that, and families now as well. But it's nice that we get to really, um, you know, market to that teacher audience and um, speak directly to educators. So that was a lot. Let me know what questions you have or anything I can expound on. Well, I just hearing that, like one of the things I think is interesting is I talk to a ton of teachers who are really interested in like customer success or implementation specialists or instructional design. And so you first went into that implementation specialist. What, when you made the transition into marketing, what surprised you about marketing and that made you realize that maybe it was the right department for you to be in? Yeah. I mean, I think when I used to think about marketing, it didn't sound super interesting. I'll be honest. Like I never saw myself going into marketing when I was in college or early in my career. But when I started getting pulled into smaller projects with our K-12 marketing team, when I was still out in the field, I was helping them with like webinars and things like that. I realized that it's a lot about just like creating content and content that speaks to a certain audience. So if you know what teachers need and what they care about and what their pain points are, and you can take this product that you know is going to help them in their daily you know, lives and just let them craft a message that allows them to see that, like how I can solve these problems for you. Um, yeah, that was super empowering. And I loved that I would be, I was able to do that on a, 
much larger scale than sort of my small implementation specialist territory. Yeah, that's uh, that's really, really interesting what you just mentioned there um, about training up that team. I, I hope to get into that a little bit deeper uh, later on. I wanted to quickly pivot here, Allison. So I was looking at your background and your page and you're diving into some marketing type of, of stuff for your school. Um, curious on your end, what you see from Lauren's background and her work history, is that something you're looking to achieve as a long-term type of goal or how are things looking like that for you? Um, are you asking like in the sense of like moving up within the school system or moving into marketing? Into, into marketing, into ed tech, growing in ed tech. So I've been trying to transition for some time now um, out of the school system. And um, I mean, if I'm relating to marketing, like what when I got the position of activities director at the first school that I was an activities director for, um, I didn't think it had anything to do with marketing. I just went in because I was like, I love planning events. Um, and I like to, you know, make it fun for the kids. And I really didn't want to leave the school just yet. Um, and then once I got in there, I'm realizing and picking up on all these things of like, in order to host an event, I have to market the event and I had to figure out how am I going to get the kids there and, and what are they like? And, um, what's going to be, uh, there, you know, like, oh, I'm definitely going to, you know, the homecoming dance. Um, so once I started seeing like, okay, I'm creating all of these things, whether it be like invitations or flyers, um, they put me in the yearbook and I had to like, no, I was literally the only person doing the yearbook, um, for two years in a row. Um, my first year I struggled cause I focused on, you know, creating it and I love the design part of it. Um, but we didn't sell that many yearbooks. We were a smaller school. And then the second year I'm like, how do I sell the yearbook? And then that's when, like, I would say now, like, my marketing brain started, you know, clicking and realizing later on, like, I did my first email campaigns or whatever back then that I wouldn't have known now. When you then think of the direction you want to go in, is it still within education in ed tech or are you flexible to going to other industries then? Like, is there, is ed tech a requirement for you? Um... I wouldn't say that ed tech is a requirement, but I do still feel like I have a huge passion for uh, being with the kids and um, helping them, or even if it would be helping teachers um, and making a difference in that industry. So I think I might be like just more passionate um, to stay in tech and is, I'm sorry, to stay in ed tech. Um, but if it were to be that I was, you know, found a passion in another company, uh, then I would be open to that opportunity. I'll quickly uh, revert back here real quick. Um, not surprised that you were the only yearbook advisor, by the way. <laughs> um, but beyond that, so I'm kind of thinking about your transition here and, and everything you just mentioned. And Lauren, maybe to uh, to go back to you of, you know, what kind of uh, traits and experience and, and habits do you look for when hiring for marketing and, and, you know, who's doing the best on your team and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and like I mentioned, 
Um, our team of 18 now, I would say at least 90% are former educators or have at least had some sort of education background. And those are folks that have maybe come up through like EverFi the same way that I did as an implementation specialist, but also folks that we're hiring, you know, directly from the classroom. I have, I think, three people this year that we hired um, around summertime, early fall um, that are transitioning directly out of the classroom. And I think for us, because educators um, and specifically teachers are our main audience that we target and that we market to, it's so valuable to have someone who understands the teacher voice and how to speak to them and how to sound like a human when you're speaking to them and you know, writing an email campaign that is going to be effective that someone's actually going to open. Um, that can be a, like a little bit cheeky and a little bit fun and like you know, teachers will interact with and engage with and enjoy. Um, that's super valuable in my opinion. I think some other things that I look for, you know, being a demonstrated problem solver, which many, many teachers are, if not all, you know, if you're a successful teacher, you've probably done a lot of problem solving, um, in your profession. And I think that that is an incredibly valuable skill for marketing because you're typically looking at these different campaigns that you're going to run throughout the year and figuring like, how do I like make this better? How do I make it work? How do I take it up a little bit, you know, one notch or so, um, each time around, I think being a quick learner is also incredibly important, which that sounds generic, but it really is, you know, one of those things that I think I, I always say, like, I can teach the marketing pieces to someone, but I can't necessarily teach understanding like what it means to be a teacher. And having that experience of going through, like being in the classroom and, you know, again, like Allison mentioned, like understanding the reality of being the only person in charge of the yearbook or in charge of the homecoming dance tonight um, or whatever it is, you know, like that, that's something that a lot of us have gone through as teachers that I don't think that um, other folks in other professions have had. Okay. So Lauren, you had said something or you were talking about um, these skills that you look for in teachers, um, the problem solving and like being, you know, quick on your feet and a quick learner and being the only person to, you know, lead the yearbook or lead this. Um, and one of the things that I, I realized is like when we're doing our resumes um, and uh, let me repeat that. When doing our resumes, um, we're told like to not put those filler words in and I would use filler mm -hmm. like quote unquote of problem solving or quick learner and instead use actual skills um, on there. So I kind of feel like it's we're as teachers, we have all these major things that are like super necessary um, and would be super valuable as any position really we would be looking for. But um, we're not putting it on our resume because we're told to put skills that, you know, show experience. So what would you recommend if we can't put on our resume, but our resume gets us the interview, like how do we show those problem solving or quick learner or did it by myself type things um, that if it's not on our resume? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think that, um, yeah, you bring up a really good point. I just listened to this TikTok um, the other day, actually, about this woman who was coming from an educational background and she wanted to go into marketing operations. And she actually um, 
just as a quick aside, she taught herself um, through two online classes um, how to do um, sequels, I believe, sequels. And then she also um, taught herself Tableau, which are like the two main ways that you just like need to pull down data and then um, make sense and visually represent data as a marketing operations person. And she went from making like, I think she said like 28K to like 158K um, in four years, which is amazing. And she said, you know, about the resume question, like look at your resume and figure out how you can just reword it to like attract more of a marketing eye. So she was saying, if you managed um, a salon and did all of like the bookkeeping for the salon, don't say like, you know, scheduled clients appointments, say like managed, uh, implemented and managed a scheduling system kind of thing. And I think it's just like small tweaks like that. And also just really focusing in on actual results. Right. So I think, you know, if I can look at your resume and I saw that you raised your kids end of your test scores, you know, from X to Y over the course of a year, that shows results in my mind that shows problem solving as well. You know, especially if you're having like those specific gains that you can point to. Um, And I think, you know, back to the yearbook example, if you were the only person over the yearbook, I would say like, you know, designed and implemented and executed an entire like yearbook course or management system um, for the school in years, you know, 2018 to 2019 and 2019 to 2020 or whatever it is. Mm Okay. Okay. And I would say too, like if you increase sales on the yearbook, like put that number in there. Cause like that is a revenue number, which is, you know, even like junior marketers struggle to get revenue numbers on their resume. So I think already someone reading your resume would be like, holy moly, this person knows how to use their marketing efforts to drive more sales than to, which is, you know, the goal. Market. Yeah. <laughs> increased yearbook sa- or increased, um, you know, home ro- or ho- sorry, uh, homecoming ticket sales from four, you know, 300 to 400 students. That's demand generation. <laughs> you know, like you're bringing people like into the event. I'm wondering, as you think toward marketing teams and how it might grow, what are some of those most in-demand roles? Like you mentioned demand generation. Like what are those roles that you think marketing teams will be hiring really heavily for? I mean, I think digital marketing is is here to stay and will continue to grow. <laughs> you know, I mean, that might be like a pretty obvious thing to note, but like it's it's a hugely growing field and, and it's really, um, it's constantly evolving as well. So if you are sort of like continuing to stay abreast of what the industry trends are, I think that that's incredibly helpful. There are also, just as inside, so many online courses you can take around digital marketing. You know, there's the Digital Marketing um, Institute, DMI, like others, like I have seen tons and tons of them and they're fairly affordable, honestly. Um, so that's one thing that can be done. And then I think like the social media part is really interesting and I think that will continue to grow as well, definitely. Um, but as long as you're continuing to stay abreast again of like these trends that are happening. Like right now we're seeing that video is absolutely king king on social media marketing. You know, um, I just read something on Quitly that said that videos generate 49% more interactions than photos on the posts. Mm -hmm. So if you can get into sort of like, you know, um, amateur level video editing and you can make reels and you can make stories that have like, you know, um, that have video and you taught yourself Canva so that you can create those like really nice looking social media tiles that are not difficult to, to make as a lay person, like you will have some skills there and you should put that on your resume as well. 
The other thing that I'm seeing come up a lot that I don't think anyone has really big answers to is just the metaverse, (laughs) Um, which I don't know about you all, but I definitely had to look that up a couple of times before I really understood what the metaverse like actually was. But it's definitely surfacing in terms of like a buzzword within marketing. Um, And I think like VR and AR marketing is is going to to grow in the next couple of years. So that's something to look into as well. You know, Lauren, what I find uh, pretty interesting about your background here, uh, you were assistant principal for an amount of time in education and then migrated over to EverFi for schools manager, senior schools manager. Was that a little bit of a, let's take one step back and become more of like a role player, maybe semi-entry level? Um, And the reason I'm asking is that, as you can imagine, there's a lot of teachers with significant experience who maybe aren't in a position to do entry level, uh, maybe don't feel like they should take entry level. Um, curious what that phase was like for you to go from a school admin to then your first role with EverFi and then got your foot in the door and now continue to grow. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it's definitely, it was an entry level position, absolutely. Um, it didn't feel like it was a step back at the time because it felt like a real career shift, like a lateral move, honestly. Um, Or maybe even a tiny tiny step forward because I saw like a little bit more of a career path for myself within ed tech than I could envision within teaching. Um, Just because again, like I I knew that I didn't want to be in the classroom full time um, forever. So yeah, it's an interesting question. I think the other piece for me was that I was pretty young when I did this. I was um, 26 when I started at ever. No, I'm sorry. That's, that's not true. I was 29 when I started at EverFi. So, um, you know, there, it was easier for me to make that transition versus someone who's been in the classroom for 15 years kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that if you're moving careers, you might have to start at that entry level position, but again, tech companies are typically going to end up paying more in general than, um, than education. It just, as a generalization. So hopefully the salary will be commensurate with what you earn, you know, deserve. Um, I, I find it like that was one of the biggest um, issues I was seeing beforehand when I was just looking at regular, not regular, but like entry level. What I was looking at were entry level positions because I felt like I didn't have the experience to say, I'm, you know, I'm a marketing manager or, uh, social media manager or the different positions I was looking for. Um, and I would even reach out like on LinkedIn and stuff to to the hiring managers and asking like, hey, you know, um, I'm really interested in this position, you know, give the whole spiel. And I've had hiring managers say like, I mean, look, with your background, like this position isn't we, you know, this is way lower than what you would be making right now. And then they would have like another position available. I'm like, okay, so what about this? Well, no, you don't have the experience for this. So it was kind of like, I feel like a lot of teachers right now are stuck in this, um, like, do I take a pay cut or can I even afford to do that? So, you know, I've been told like, get experience by so many people I've networked with, get experience, do internships you know, all those things. And at the same time, it's like, it's a lot of free work. And as teachers, we don't have that much free time to be putting in, you know, those kind of hours. So that was one of the frustrating things when like job searching, that it's entry level, 
and you kind of have to say like am i willing to take the pay cut or hopefully find um you know a position where it's like a lateral move yeah that's so difficult i I was really lucky that it was not a pay cut when I moved over just because of the timing and the the job market at the time and all of that. Um, But that's such an important thing to consider as you're moving careers, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I would say look at the ed tech companies that are really going to value that teacher perspective. You know, think about like the tools that you're using in your classroom even because being able to say like, I am a marketer and I use this in my classroom is super valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, in order to like tell that story. I've written a blog about it forever if I even, you know, um, they like asked me to do that at one point. But um, yeah, look at the Nearpods and the Pear Decks and the, you know, IXLs. IXL has a ton of jobs open all the time. Um, and see if there's anything that like, if you can get in and you can show your worth, I think that like there are pretty, especially if you're starting with like smaller companies, mm-hmm. there's a pretty good career growth typically around like being able to move up faster than you probably would in like big traditional established companies as well, which has been true for me at Everfy, which has been sort of startup mentality until, you know, probably more recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would add in here too, Allison, I think one of the key questions maybe to ask during the interview process is what's the average tenure of folks in the current role to then mm-hmm. also be promoted and, and move up the ladder if, uh, if you would. So that's also something to consider and maybe start asking, thinking it like long-term and long-term career change. Um, it might be a pay cut now, but if you're, the average tenure is 12 months, 18 months, then, you know, you may have to hang on for a little bit of time and then start to climb, climb the ladder. Yeah, definitely. I'll say too, like I, like looking at my LinkedIn, when I was a schools manager, a senior schools manager, I did not have people reaching out saying like, Hey, I think you'd be great at this role. It was more like people reaching out saying like, do you want to come back and be an assistant principal at this charter school um, for different schools? I I did get that. Um, But I did not get people reaching out, you know, offering me similar positions. When I moved into a product marketing specialist role, and that came with that specialist title, which is not super high up on the food chain. I pretty quickly started to get um, people reaching out, you know, hiring managers around like, here's a product marketing manager role and things like that. So I think there's an ability to puddle jump as well, um, like as you're gaining experience in the field. And that can that can, you know, drastically increase your um, earning potential over time for sure. And I also really recommend to people to like one, use the LinkedIn salary tool, which if you just Google LinkedIn salary, it'll be the first thing that comes up. And it tells you like what on average people with this title are making. And I always encourage people before going into interviews, do that research so they're armed with that information. So someone can't necessarily lowball you. I also like really encourage people to use Glassdoor because you can see if, if the company's large enough, they'll usually have reported salaries from people that are there and use that. Cause I've been going into interview or I've been offered interviews, looked at Glassdoor and realized that no one there was making even half as much of what I needed, which wasn't like some ridiculous amount. It was industry standard. So I was like, I'm not going to bother with that interview. Right. So it can also help you make really informed decisions about where you apply and where you interview too. And something to keep in mind here too, folks, I guess for everyone else listening, that a lot of times this isn't a personal thing. 
it's essentially there's a certain range that the role at the given company has allotted for in budget for this position. I've seen a lot of, you know, pushback and feedback of, well, I spent 15 years in the classroom and I've done X, Y, Z, and this just isn't a fair, a fair amount, a fair number. You have to keep in mind that it's, it's indicative of the actual position and the scope of work and the band and the range of budget for that position. That's so true. And even like in my position, having hired people onto my marketing team, there have been times when I have interviewed someone and been like, this person is stellar and I really want them, but this is not, this is a step down for them. And I cannot offer them the salary that I would need to, in order to be able to get them onto my team, um, which is always disappointing as the hiring manager. Um, but yeah, definitely true. How about, how about the ripple effect too of, well, how do you explain it to the other folks on your team? that have been there for a year or two or longer, right? And someone fresh into the company is now making X number of dollars mm -hmm. more than than they are with, you know, not similar experience in, in ed tech. Well, at this point in the interview, we like to open it up to Allison or Lauren, if you two have any questions for each other before we wrap up, I'd be curious in kind of knowing what some of those are. I had a question for Allison. I was just wondering, um, you said that you had some experience doing like social media stuff for your schools and doing event planning. Are you looking particularly towards like the social media uh, manager role towards an event organizer role, which is definitely within marketing or something in between? Um, I would say something in between. Um, after being in social media, I would probably back away from um, that like that title um i liked it i liked designing the things um but it's not necessarily something i was super passionate about after learning um but i definitely i do like events um and i enjoyed the marketing part of it i love um the different ideas i can come up with and and how to like just explore how do i get people to want to be here to buy this to um, you know, get on board with our ideas. So I, I, I wouldn't mind it in maybe like event marketing, but definitely looking into something with content marketing. Um, mm -hmm. so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think if you are thinking about event marketing or really honestly in general, um, any sort of like, um, project management class that you could take online, is helpful that shows that you've been through and that you know how to like, um, you know, uh, get buy-in and consistent consensus across like different stakeholders and make sure that things are managing, uh, you know, running on time and all of that. I find that to be really a helpful skill set um, and people that I hire. And Allison, do you have any other questions before we wrap up? Um, I, I'm like horrible at on the spot. Um, oh, you're fine. I, Don't worry. No, I'm just curious to know, like, if there's any advice that Lauren has, like just overall in this um, transition of like to keep, um, like how do I keep motivated to, to say like I am valuable and that somebody out there is gonna see like, you know, that teachers are worth it, like that teachers worth hiring. I think it's all about finding the right company with the right fit you know, honestly, and 
it might take a while. Um, but look for those companies that care about being mission driven. Um, it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. It can absolutely be a for-profit company, but there are companies out there that really care about doing good, that care about the teachers that are working um, day in and day out for our youth. And, um, you know, that would value that kind of uh, perspective that you have um, and the hard work that you do. I mean, honestly, moving from teaching into uh, my initial role as a schools manager, I really, I, I obviously I still work 40 hours a week, but I felt like I could do that job in about 26 <laughs> um, after the hard work that I did as a teacher. Like anything else that you do is going to feel more manageable, I think, um, at least in the initial uh, phase when you're moving laterally, um, maybe less so if you move up and start managing folks and things like that. But yeah, I would say like keep at it and really start looking into like, what are the values of a company? Because, um, you know, then you can set a Google alert and like, you know, check their website once a week, see what's being posted. Like if you have the time between now and the end of the school year or whatever your timeline looks like, you have the time to make sure that wherever you're moving is a really good fit. Um, yeah. And just like hang in there because I know like I I'm working with teachers across the United States, across North America, um, you know, that we're talking to day in and day out. And I know how hard it, this year has been or the last few years have been. And um, yeah, I just, I can't say enough. Thank you so much for what you've done. And, and I hope that you can find a career path that like really, really, you know, gives you energy and joy at the same time. Thank you. I'd add in here too, uh, Lauren, if I heard you right, essentially it's be mm -hmm. patient. Yeah. Um, it took me two years the transition out of education into ed tech and i had to go out and develop a lot of the skills to make an atmosphere or situation where i know education i used the tool that i transitioned to over at schoology um, and i gained sales experience and i've bounced around a couple times since then and every time it's been such an overwhelming fit where i walk out of the interview saying well how could they not hire me or offer me given xyz so i think allison really um mm -hmm. i think you'll know i think i really feel like you'll know when you're such a strong fit and if it's something that you think you have to stretch for then it's maybe not the right role or company okay. well i've really enjoyed this conversation and just want to thank you both and so lauren where could the listeners follow along with what you're doing at everfi and in your team's work yeah, I mean, you can visit um, our website at everfi.com slash K-12. Um, that's going to bring you to um, our K-12 website that has all of the online courses that we offer. Again, everything's free for educators. So if you need a great lesson plan for tomorrow, check it out. Easy to use, <laughs> easy to implement. And we also are on um, all the social media channels. You can find us at, at everfi K-12. Awesome. And then Allison, if anyone's listening to you and wants to connect with you, where would be best? Uh, best is on LinkedIn, Allison O'Hara's. <laughs>